Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with Tom Golden, Dr. Tom Golden of Golden Educational Consulting. He has an awesome story. What he does is he helps uh, students and families prepare for college. He coaches them through the admission process, deciding on a school, deciding what classes to take and all that. And you just never know where these episodes these interviews are going to end up but he has a fascinating story of how he built that business how he started it how he took the leap from being in uh, the university space and he looked at his time and he was like man i got two young boys and i'm not spending very much time with them so we talked about how he was able to make that leap into a new venture he talked he talked about how he has he had at the time purposeful unrest so such a good term or he just knew that this wasn't where he was going to be forever and he was looking for something different. So we went through on how he made that decision, how he had the courage to to make that step into his own business. Um, he also said something so awesome when he was building his business that he has now. Uh, he said agile development. And I asked him if that's equivalent to building the plane while you're flying. He said, kind of, but a better term would be that you're building a car by building a skateboard first. And that is so good, guys. I mean, a lot of people think that you have to start a business that you're going to you got to do a business plan, got to go borrow money and you got to spend, you know, all this time uh, and energy and effort into starting something. Why don't you test it out first? Why don't you try it out first? And the way he did that was he just started having conversations with people. He started just talking to his ideal client. And then he like, how did I, how do I feel after walking away from that call? Or was I energized or drained? And he just found out he loved working with students and their families. It energized him and he could help them. So he talked to them first. That is so awesome. Just go talk to the people that you feel called to serve. Like, who do you feel like you are on this planet to serve? Go find them, go talk to them. Do they have pain points? Do they have needs that you can fill, that you can meet? There's your business right there. So this was so, so, so good. I know you're going to love this interview. Here it is. Dr. Tom, welcome to Streams of Income. Uh, it's absolute pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really, good to really appreciate meet being you. on the show. So fun to meet you through Jason Elkins, my our mutual friend. You say you, you've been in his, your, he's your primary business coach? Yeah, so... I'd say that I, I hired I hired Jason before I had a business, and, you know, okay. and before I had income because I, I you know before I, anything was coming in because I knew the importance of coaching. Coaching is yeah. so so critical. You know this. Uh, a lot yeah. of people, you know, you know, ask me like, well, you know, I'm getting start with a business. Should I start with a website? Should I start with an LLC? It's like, no, no, no. You need to surround yourself with people who know how to do this. Who've been doing yeah. this. And Jason's great. Jason, I, I like his approach to different things. I like his approach to just how to engage with people, hear their stories. It's it's really important to what we do. It is. And I'm just going to try to find real quick what episode he was in uh, so I can reference it. It was uh, episode 190, guys, um, 190, March 31st. But, uh, well, Tom, I love hearing people's stories. It's just super fun to hear how people got to where they are. So tell us yours. Yeah. So my background is in education. Uh, you know, so I um, uh, just was an absolute fan of higher education. You know, when I was in undergrad, I went to undergrad at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, somewhere in my senior year, 
all my mentors were were working for the university, you know, and I, and I you know, had a background in education to work at universities. I'm like, well, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of fun. So, <laughs> sought out um, sought out a master's program in student affairs uh, uh-huh. administration, and and uh, you know, met my wife who was in the same program. Um, we awesome. after we graduated Ohio State, went and worked at Purdue University in admissions. I did not think uh, I would land in admissions. I thought it would be a very short term stint. People who work in university admissions don't tend to like target that. Yeah, uh, they just sort of find their way there, but they love it. Um, admissions was the right sort of mix for me of of, of you know, obviously university life and marketing, and it's got a, a very competitive business side to it. Uh, from there, my 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 dean uh, became the dean at Vanderbilt University, mm-hmm. and so I worked in admissions all total for about fifteen years. You know, and, and somewhere in that range, you know, in that time frame, I, I, I you're on this progression. You know, you know, leading up in in that in that business, the next sort of step is to lead an admissions shop or via vice president um, at a university, and, and it just sort of you know I kept getting a. Uh, a sort of inside feeling that that just wasn't the right fit for me. Mm. Admissions world can be very difficult. Yeah, uh, it, it is especially difficult if you have a family. Um, and so, you know, I, I I sort of was sort of tallying up the hours of time that I wasn't spending with my young family. I have three mm. boys uh, at the time; they were very young, and uh, you know, made the mistake one evening of of pulling together, you know, a spreadsheet. Because why not? You know, of how much, how many hours I'd seen my my boys, and it was mm. very bad. <laughs> it was very bad, and I knew like, well, I can't do this. I got to, I got to figure out my own, my own path. I got to figure out what you know. Wow. I got to do something that at least allows me to stay home. There are people who yes. do this, right? There's like, it's the whole argument. There are people who are smarter than who have figured this out. Yeah. And so the thing about it is, I, I kind of had this feeling that I needed to start my own thing. But I had no idea how to do that. I mean, yeah. working at a university, you know, that is your authority comes from that institution. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door, you've got a, a name badge on, or you know, you got a business card in your hand. Like the the institution is the authority, yes. and I had no idea how to establish that for myself. And so I needed to go and find out how to do that. So I I started interacting with entrepreneurs, and I found uh, this this great opportunity to be a vice president of data science. I worked. On the data side in admissions, uh, vice president of data science at a company called Capture Higher Ed in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they did great work. They do a lot of data work, software, and led their uh, what was called Capture Labs, which was their data science group there. And it was a small sort of startupy, very scrappy, lots of education. I, mean, I learned a ton. And you just learn from people who build businesses for a yeah. living. Like you just, they're just different. You know this, like they're just different. And I learned how to take an idea and how to productize it and learned all of that stuff. And at the same time, I uh, started working with families uh, here, here locally in Nashville, where I live mm-hmm. in the, uh, trying to help educate them um, on the college admissions process. We can definitely talk about that more, but, you know, uh, and started to build that up using the things that I had learned. And now um, went to that full-time in 2019. Uh, we now have a team uh, that's all over the country. We have a team of, of four uh, folks who work with you know nearly 100 families uh, all across the country. We have them in multiple states, uh, helping them navigate the admissions and financial aid uh, process. Wow, that's amazing. Man, you started in 2019? Yeah, full, yeah, full-time 2019. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I think you know, as things do in startups, you know, things just sort of went a little sideways, and and uh, you know, I needed to kind of make the transition quickly. You know, yeah. we went from honestly, we went from having a, a very small, it was a side business, we needed to ramp it up in you know a matter of nine months. Yeah, uh, quadrupled the number of families we were working with, um, and then had to shift uh, our thinking, which I, I would love to kind of walk you through how we how we sort of did that. Uh, mm-hmm. To, to, to scale it because uh-huh. it doesn't scale with just me and one person. And so yeah. uh, we started thinking about how to do that uh, and, um, and had, saw some pretty, some pretty great results just in a short amount of time and uh, using some principles that we, we can definitely talk about. And wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so now, now we're, we're looking to continue to grow and, and help more people along this path of, of what we call health-based college coaching. And um, yeah, yeah. We're having a good time doing it so much we can dive into here. Um, I know there's probably a lot of people, especially, you know, you, you and I are both dads and husbands and um, it's easy to feel the pressure of providing for our family. You could have easily Tom just stayed at that job at the college and been unhappy. And I think a lot of people do that. Um, talk to that guy that's there right now. It's like, yeah, man, I wish I had the same courage that Dr. Tom did. Um, how do you, how did you, what do you remember? I'm sure you remember yeah. that time. Well, um, what were some of the feelings that you had? What, how did you get over the fact of like, well, this is safe. I may not be super happy here, but this is safe. It's providing for my family. Um, like how, how do you, how did you get that impetus or that what motivate, obviously time with your boys motivated you, but how did you make that first step and get over that fear? Yeah, man. And I think that, that, that sometimes that courage or, you know, I guess what is seen as courage gets, gets sort of romanticized as if it's something out there that I, you know, that I wish I had and, and things like that. No, no, it's, it's much less uh, pretty than that. Like you spend a time, you know, once you kind of have this realization that there's risk on any side, there's Mm -hmm. risk if I stay, Right. Because I could, if I hate this, what happens to me health wise? Like I could have, I could keel over at my desk, you mm-hmm. know, at, at, at 45, right? You know, there's risk if I stay, there's risk if I go. So once you sort of get past that, then you start asking the question of what's next. Uh, now, for me, uh, if you're like me, I spent a good solid two to three years, you know, just sort of in my own crap. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you yeah. know, this sort of like, Fits and starts. Oh, I could do that. And then you investigate yeah. it and you realize that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not. It's much less of this linear period of time. I, I came to call it this sort of purposeful unrest that yeah. had Ooh, a purpose for me. Yeah, purposeful unrest. Like I, I, I knew I knew something was off. I knew I was moving towards it, yes. and I tried to be okay with not exactly knowing the how. I just needed to understand what would really drive me. Yeah. And obviously time with my family cl- clearly was, was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, well, I, I really kind of focused in on, okay, really two kind of questions. Number one, um, and the most important, like, who do I want to serve? Mm. Like who, who do I want to serve? Like who am I on this earth to serve? Like who, who, when I am sitting down and talking to them, because you know, you, you sometimes just help people. If you're, I don't know, if you're you're a CFO, sometimes somebody, a friend, has a college graduate who's thinking of going into finance, and you're just having a chat with them about it, and you yeah. realize maybe in that exact moment, like I really like this, and I'm really good at this. Mm. Like I could, I could help these, I could help people just like this. I could go yes. and teach, or I could go into financial counseling. I could do all, all like you have a you have a, a, a an experience where it 
it tells you like I could serve and help these people. Yes. Um, so that's number one. And number two is well, who do I need to become to be able to, to really serve those people, not just on a satisfactory level, but like to a world-class level, like what, do, what do I need to learn? What do we need to do? So I really kind of focus a lot on, on that education piece. Um, yes. and that's what led me to work in that, that company. That was an interim step for me okay. <clears throat> because I realized I did not have the requisite knowledge to be able to move into it. That's and plus good. it's just smarter to be able to build up a business while you also have it. Yeah. When you life. moved over to that company, did you have this grand plan that someday you'd have this company you now have, or, okay, you already knew, you knew this was a step towards yeah. you having your own business. C- correct. I mean, I didn't exactly you have it mapped out like, okay, it's going to be sure. this business. I knew it was, right. I knew it could potentially be college coaching. I, we, yeah. we tried that sort of out. I, mean, I believe very much also in the idea of like, this is what I learned at the software company, like prototyping, agile development. Like you just sort of try something out, test it, yes. put something out there, see what the response is. You don't have to have this grand cascading plan. You just have to have a, a core concept of okay. who do I want to serve and what do they need and how can I provide it? Yeah. If I don't know how to provide it, how do I go and 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 you know be relentless in educating myself on that? Yes. So, so cool. yeah. So the whole idea of, of courage is more it's more something that you build rather than you just yeah. have or you don't have. It's just yeah. But it comes down to just that, you know, the the individuals that I the students that I was interacting with as a part of my job is in, in the admissions world were really struggling. Yes. Um, you know, 55% of, of high achieving high school students, you know, report that they're experiencing chronic stress on a day-to-day basis, mm. you know, and the greatest, you know, reason for that is not only academic success, but in terms of what that academic success or lack of it mm-hmm. might mean for college, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, 26% of students are talking, you know, are reporting, you know, uh, clinical level of significant depression. So we wow. were dealing, you're dealing with a, a sort of mental health crisis and I knew I could help those students. Mm. So there's, there's in, in the college space, there's a lot of really good news, wow. right? There's, there's, you know, two thirds of colleges admit, you know, or excuse me, sorry, I misquoted okay. that <laughs> back it up. Sorry. Edit that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good news when it comes to like what's actually real in terms of like college admissions. Like, you know, the average uh, college admits 75% or more of their applicants, right? It, there's, you know, most, the vast majority of students indicate that they're going to college at their first choice college. 55% are going to their top choice college. So what are people worried about? There's mm-hmm. this vague unease. And I think, yeah. you know, that stress, not that it's not real, it's just that we can help students uh, mm. by helping them understand the process better. We can help that's them so like, building up their skills. So that that's yeah. what that's when I sat, I was sitting there thinking, well, I could stay in this job for twenty years, or I can go do yeah. that thing. This is when you were staying in uh, when you were in Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Okay, when you were there, yeah. what are some of the things that you tried um, that didn't work? Like, I love how you said you just test things, um, and I want to get to how you did that with your new business. How, how you because that's so powerful that mo- most people, a lot of people just sit around thinking, you know, I could do this and do this and do this, but never try anything because they're scared. And it sounded like you weren't scared to try stuff, which is awesome. So what are some of those things that you tried before moving to, to the Lexington company that didn't work? 
Yeah, yeah, great question. So I, you know, spent some time talking to uh, individuals about like leadership education, leadership training. That was an, an aspect that I had some experience in, and so a few conversations did never really advance because I, I realized as I was going through these conversations that there just wasn't a spark for me. This has been like, yes, that's know, good. So training people in higher education. Uh, so we that was a big uh-huh. part of like that. that you know, some people and you do. you tested that out yeah. by just having some conversations with potential yeah. people who would be yeah. clients. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I was, I, it was I, I, as, and I'm literally what I'm managing. I knew I could do it. I mean, I sure. could knew I could do it. I could sell it. I could make some money from doing it. But I, what I was, I was measuring it was like, how am I feeling when I'm doing this? Am I like really like pumped? <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> you know, and and because you know, I'm I'm a big believer that you know you. You gotta, you gotta do what makes you come alive. Otherwise, yeah. this is a short, this is a short stint, man. You're, mm. you're gonna, you're gonna be hating. You're, you're gonna build a successful business that you're gonna hate in eighteen months. <laughs> and so, what yeah. do you do then, right? You know, everybody's like, oh, well, I'll be successful then, and I'll sell it, and I'll get it. Okay, well, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just walk out one day and never yeah. come back. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I look at this as, is. You know, I'm test driving it for my own energy as well as just am I what am I seeing from the person I'm talking to? That's so I awesome. mean, I, I certainly looked into I think what a lot of people look into, which is online selling. I looked sure. into um, your real estate and other things. Yeah. Again, those things never really really went that far down yeah. the, down the path. You know, and I think in my head, I always sort of knew that it was probably going to be in the college admission space, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Uh, that's that's again. That's what led me to that company. That's what led me to it. You that's know. So cool. But again, I, I want to go back to it's not. Yeah, it's not like I just sort of woke up one day and said oh, I'm going to do this, and I just go in and hand it in. It's sure. it was hard. It's hard because I was good at my job. I I worked for some amazing people. Yeah. You know, it's not like the I guess the the trope. This job sucks. I'm walking out of here. Forget it, and I'm going to go do my own thing. It was right. not that straightforward. It was very yeah. difficult, which makes it even harder because it's not a situation you had to flee from. You just knew right. inside you weren't happy. Man, there's so much good advice here. It's like um, the fact that you just started talking to the people who would have been your clients in that leadership space, and you didn't spend money to build a website. You didn't put together a business plan. That's so great because it's. People think, oh man, if I'm going to start a business, I have to, you know, go mortgage my house to start this thing, and 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 then, oh man, I, that wasn't the right thing. You just ha- no, just go have conversations with the people you think you can serve, and if during that call or after that call, it's like, oh, that's not it, or you leave, you come out of that drained. That's not it for you. But if you come away like right. that was the best thing ever, yes, that's a clue that that might be your yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't stop thinking about it. And the person you're talking to maybe follows up directly with you like a couple of days later going, I, that, that thing we were talking about, like I, I ran out the flagpole. It's, yeah, we, we really need it. Can you, can you do it? And then oh, what wow. you're doing is you're actually then building that initial prototype. So like I said, I wouldn't, yes. I wouldn't have built it. None of that stuff, I, the, the program that we built, we had some ideas around it, but yeah. we built it for a person. Yes. <laughs> and then turned that. Turned you found that the into, person first uh, and then you built, built it for a paying client. Wow. Okay. So walk when you were sitting there at the company it is, it is, by doing so, you're automatically catered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Louisville. Yeah, a company in Louisville. Uh, I got it for Louisville, my Kentucky sorry. Commonwealth family. You know, family. Like, yeah, got to get that right. Um, uh, yeah. So th- again, this is this is sort of a, a bit of the technique that you know we learned there, which is you go out 
Um, you commit minimal amount of code, you enough that it's that it's worthwhile, and mm. you enough to be able to say, okay, look, this is we've heard you. This is a problem. So there's a lot of discovery that goes on in terms of what are you experiencing, what are you seeing, mm. and then it's a okay, well, you know, um, we're we're working on this this solution here. Um, here, take a look at it, you know, and and then sort of gathering really key key markers of like what would be for them, uh, you know, a definition of success, Yeah, which is sometimes you start off on a project and you assume that you, the client really wants X and you spend a lot of money to get to X and then you get to X and you realize they didn't want X, they wanted Y. And, they, mm. and, and it might even been that they told you they wanted X a month ago, but now stuff's pivoted. And so now you have to do something different. Yeah. And so this, this idea of, uh, being very short cycles of development, short cycles of iterations. It's, it's, it's a lot of things, again, this movement that's really referred to as agile development, but you can apply it to all kinds of different things. You know, for us, it was about, okay, what are people really needing? Okay, well, they need help with uh, picking out classes. So that was something that students were like, I having a lot of questions when they go through high school about what kind of classes can I take that would best set me up for success for these this type of major or this kind yes. of college, et cetera. And so, you know, what we did then is ran it through our filter of saying, okay, well, that's what they're asking for. But what we're also going to do is we're going to add in a little bit of a component of, of education. Um, mm. Because a, a core concept, again, my, my, I failed to mention, I, I should have said this at the beginning, I, I have a PhD in educational psychology. When I was at Purdue in admissions, I was also getting a PhD in educational psychology, studying adolescent stress and anxiety. So academically, this was my focus. And so, um, you know, one of the things that you come across in, in the psychological literature is that stress is, is a lot of times, you know, built around a lack of resources. I, mm -hmm. this, the, the demand for the thing I'm, I'm, I'm needing to do, the task, uh, out, outpaces my amount of resources that I feel like I have available. So I'm always at a deficit and I'm feeling that deficit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so how can we build that up? And so one of the th things that, um, that we were noticing is that students are tremendously overwhelmed in terms of their schedule. They just have too much going on on their plate and they don't really have a good method of being able to sort through, you know, should I take this additional class? Because mm -hmm. the if they were going to go and ask a college, you know, should I take this, uh, you know, uh, AP math class? The answer is going to be yes. The, you know, they because they don't know. They, they're just giving advice and saying, oh, to be the most competitive applicant, you need to be. You need to be taking all these classes. Well, that might actually not be a good piece of advice. So we don't know what else is going on. So we um, created what we call whole student scheduling. It focuses mm -hmm. on them mapping out their entire, so a real full audit of what their time looks like, mm -hmm. courses, homework, uh, what kind of activities they're involved in, how much screen time they're spending. Mm -hmm. Like we go through all of it. But while we're doing that, we then introduced this concept out, out of Stanford called the PDF activities, playtime, downtime, family time. These are three areas of time that have been shown to be very protective of, uh, of students' health and wellness and well-being. So playtime, mm -hmm. unstructured time with friends, okay? mm -hmm. uh, downtime, which is just time to meditate, pray, sleep, mm -hmm. just unstructured time where you're not actually focused on any one thing mm -hmm. and family time, time with time with family. So when we're, putting together this like calendar for them, like here's what your week looks like. We're inserting that saying, okay, you can't touch that. 
Okay, that's a block of time you cannot touch. Like, don't tell me that you're going to take this AP class and get less sleep. Like, that's not a plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so we have students go through this exercise. What they asked us was about AP class, but we're saying, cool, we're going to answer that question, but we're also going to add this piece in. Yeah. And uh, it's not onerous. It's not like we're heavy handed with it. We're like, hey, cool, here, you need to know about this stuff here. So I want them to not only be successful in this college admissions process, but like when they mm -hmm. get to college and other things. Yeah. And right. What's funny is like I'll have I'll have parents actually <laughs> fill it out for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, inserting school for work because yeah. it's a concept that you know a lot of parents haven't even seen. So for that's sure. an example. We we built that for one student who was wow. really just completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And we like, okay, we're going to do that, and we're going to see how it goes. If they yeah. hate it, great. We just built it for one student. We didn't. Sure. I didn't hire anybody for it. We just took yeah. a, a day and built it. Yeah. And then, uh, but it, we. We, the student loved it and we've turned it into now a core part of our coaching. That's incredible. Um, did you charge that very first client that you had? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Um, I, I have toyed around with, uh, with pro bono and I've never, it, it never had the buy-in. Unfortunately, I, I have had sometimes uh, families where I'll say, I don't care what you pay me. The litigant yeah. pay me a a couple bucks and that's fine yeah. but you gotta pay me something sure. for my time just it's just it's something a psychological exchange it is yeah, yeah first first client absolutely paid me and, okay. and again use that to pay for some some resources we're still pretty lean in terms of an organization yeah. we don't have a physical front you know uh we do everything via zoom and so you know that pandemic kind of solidified that as, as the mm -hmm. de facto way communication is happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll help me a couple of times with, with families. That's, that's fine in person, but okay. mostly it's over zoom. Yeah. And so our overhead is very low. It's a, it's an, it's a knowledge-based business. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's so cool. When you say agile development, is that a way I've never heard that term? Um, is that also another, another way to say that? Would that be building the plane while you're flying it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I would even back it up to say um, it's like building a car by building a skateboard first. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like saying, okay, you need to get from one place to the next place. The I could create a plan to create a car, which would involve all these different steps and take a lot longer. But it's like, well, can we get you there on a skateboard? Do yeah, would that work? So okay, no, you need something a little bit bigger because you need to carry like groceries. Get it. Yes. Okay, now let's try a motorcycle. Let's try these things. So you're kind of so you're iterating and building up from from yeah. there. Yeah. It's it's sort of it challenges, it makes you challenge assumptions. It shortens the cycle between you and the market. Mm -hmm. And um Again, the, the core idea here is that you're building it because someone specifically, not specifically asked you to, as in like, I want you to build me this thing. It's like, yeah. I have this problem yeah. and you have a perspective on it. You've test sort of mentally test drove it with them. Like, well, okay, well, what if we built it this way? Yeah. Oh, you would need it to have this. Okay, cool. And then you kind of iterate on it and you That's go from amazing. there. Start small, build it up from there. I mean, I know your business is helping students uh, with the admissions process, but what you're providing <laughs> here is business coaching and it's really, really, really good. Um, I'm in a process right now of transitioning from, you know, I sold that business that I told you about the, the Amazon business, and now I'm moving into this new territory. So I do feel like I'm kind of starting over again. And I've built my business the way you talked about, like I just go and do it. I just figure it out. And then I look back and figure out, look at what I did, so I love that I'm an action taker. Um, so that's a good thing about me. But like, I still I'm learning. Like, 
I, I feel like I'm always building the plane while I'm flying it, which is, it's great that I'm doing something, but I love how you just identify, I mean, building the car by building the skateboard first. That's brilliant. I, that's helpful for me right where I'm at, right in my current love it. Uh, situation. And I know a lot of other business owners that are, you know, this is why I told you, I never, I never know how these calls are going to go and just what you've, what you've done, maybe you see it, but it's brilliant because that's the way to do it. It means like, I don't have to like go out and borrow a bunch of money and then hope and pray nope. that this new venture works. It's like, let's just start talking to people that are going to be the clients. And that's what I've done. Yeah. And that's the way I think about anybody should start a business. That's right. You build that relationship, right? That's key, right? They're not going to be honest with you about what they're wanting to build and they're not going to trust you enough, right? That if you're just there to sell them something, then they're going to be pretty guarded, right? Because if I say I have a problem, they're like, well, I have this, I have this solution for you. Yeah. You're like, no, no, wait, wait, tell me more about that. Like, okay, as you're talking to, I don't know, any business whatsoever, if you have trust with that business owner, you go in there and you say, what are you seeing? What's, what's, what's a real big problem? What's something that is just perplexing you, you can't seem to solve and they'll mm-hmm. tell you. And if you're able to solve it, then you come up with a very rough you know, idea to say, well, if I solve it this way, uh, what would that kind of look like to you? You're not talking dollars and cents yet. You're not saying, well, yeah, if I solve right. that problem for you, how much would you pay me? Right. Right. You're gonna be like, you know, go pound sand. Like it's yeah. more like, okay, no, well, can you actually solve it? And then um, again, sometimes problems have like sub problems and sub routines that are important, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can't get to the bigger issue, but like, okay, what if I just to solve that one problem? You know, do the 80-20 on it and you say, okay, like, okay, would that get you 80% of the way there, 70% of the way there? Yeah. Chances are it could. Then yeah. you make a prototype and you test it out. That yeah. person may should probably pay you something for doing that yeah. work. Yes. But maybe not what you could get all total all in, but yeah. enough to maybe cover your development costs or other things. But you start yes. small. Yeah. And you build it out from there. Um, it, awesome. All it does, what it does, basically, it shortens the distance between the the, the problem that you're, you're trying to solve and the yeah. person who has that problem. Yes, um, because those problems are going to evolve. So even if you go through that process, so you, you do that, and you've gotten a successful sort of uh, solution, and you you're 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 now expanding it, that problem mm-hmm. might change. Yes. So you got to stay in touch with that person and say, okay, cool. You Absolutely. solved it, but now there's a regulatory change and now I have a different problem. Mm. So you have to stay tight with that, yes. that, that, that client that you're working yeah. with. How do you present yourself to that person when you, you've never done this before? You've done it in the past because you had a job helping in the missions process. But um, I'm thinking about all the people listening that want to, they want to have conversations with folks, but they don't have a quote company yet. They've not started this business yet. So this first client is a guinea pig. How do you um, instill confidence in that person that um, I can do this? Um, You know, hey, we're just trying this out. How do you how do you kind of tell them that we're trying this thing out? I'm starting this new thing. I think I'm going this direction, but you're my guinea pig. How do you say that without making them feel like uh, they are the guinea pig or or you just tell them that? <laughs> I mean, I think you don't have to like put that so front porch, like, like, like hey, I, I've never done this before, et cetera. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, I think people look, they're, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be people uh, that are going to be, uh, pedigree oriented and they're going to look at it and say you can't i can't even talk to you about my problem unless i know you have some type of background that's probably if you're building a business that's probably not going to be your friend (laughs) but i take an abundance approach that there's enough people out there who 
you know, who will be, who will feel valued by even you just asking mm-hmm. the question. Absolutely. You spend more time in the conversation with them, listening to them rather than telling them anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that to me, you're going to find enough people that are going to value that and yes. um, who will give you a shot. And now you don't need a huge amount. Right. You know, uh, one of the things that I, like people ask us when we were growing, like when we had to really ramp up the business, where we went from, you know, we quadrupled number of clients we had. We did that through, you know, a super fan strategy. You know, this is mm-hmm. the Pat Flynn wrote a book yes. called Super Fan. And basically yes. saying you don't need, you don't need 500 people to buy your product. You need 10 people who will tell everybody they know mm-hmm. <laughs> about your work. And that's, yes. that's, we focused a lot on that. So that's what you, you yeah. just need to find those, those people who really do, who know you, believe you, who, who value the conversation with you because they know you're going to listen. And if yeah. you are someone, I mean, it does come down to having some skill and being able to solve that problem. I mean, sure. You got to be able to educate yourself. It gets back to the whole idea of educating yeah. yourself on being able to solve that problem. Um, but they, you know, and, and then, and then, you, then it's all about delivering. Can, can you deliver? And ultimately, that's yeah. the, the execution part of business, which is so key. Yeah, that's so, so good. Um, all right. So let's. you wanted to talk about earlier about how to scale. And that per, you oh. brought up Pat Flynn. I think it's perfect because I love <laughs> that book. I love Pat Flynn. Um, so talk about how you've went from you're testing this out. You, you, you've got all these iterations of it. Um, how many iterations did you have before you felt like we've got this thing dialed in? I mean, it, it, it's constant. I mean, I don't think I, I don't really keep track. I mean, it's every, every day we're changing really? or tweaking or doing something. Of course. Yeah. I mean, again, like, you know, you're, yeah. you're, our primary client is, you know, 15 to 18 year olds, mm-hmm. you know, and their families. Yeah. And so there's constant shifts and changes. There's constant mm-hmm. changes to the, the admissions landscape. And so yeah. um, while we do have some principles that we do stick to, but uh-huh. uh, no, we're always iterating. I mean, that's good. I think it's, that's the, that's the sort of, you know, I think about that as more the routine than rather than the strategy. It's just something we okay. always do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so for, for us, it was about identifying people already in our network who, who would benefit from our work from, you know, who had this issue or concern, Yeah. you know, our, typically we're, we're, we're interacting with, with parents who both of them work, who are very committed to their families, very committed to their children. They want them to be able to have, um, you know, uh, you know, an advisor in the process, college coaching, college counseling is a growing business, but it's not one that everybody knows about just off the bat. I imagine a lot of your listeners have never heard of somebody who does this. Um, essentially what it is, is somebody who coaches families on, you know, how to identify the right kind of college to how do you um, navigate the admissions process to financial aid, college scholarships. So we, we started working with those families and, you know, specifically said to them, like, uh, we offered strategic discounting. Okay, listen, we're, we're trying to get off the ground. We, if you like what the work we do, would you please tell everybody, you know, would you be willing to shoot testimonial videos? We were very upfront about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and those families did. And then they told a lot of people that we knew. Um, and, um, y- you know, it, 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 we just continued to provide resources, whether it was an ebook or whether it was, um, even just something simple as I saw this article that I knew this person would enjoy. Um, I said, Hey, I, I saw this and I thought of you. Oh, wow. And just reaching out to them, just for, just continuing to provide value and staying yeah. in that space. Even post after you've got their kid in college, Absolutely. Just continue that relationship. Absolutely. Brilliant. Send them, send them a book, 
you know, we'll, we'll sometimes do little gifts like that. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of little things. We ask them in a survey. We ask students, um, like right off the bat, like we'll ask them some more deep questions, like what there are some obstacles and challenges and things, things that are going to be important for their admissions mm-hmm. process. But we'll also ask them what's their favorite candy and what's their favorite, you know, pa- pastry or bakery item or something like that. Nice. And if something good happens, we'll send them a, we'll send them a little, uh, Hey, congrats. Here's, here's some gummy bears. Cause we know that's, that's their favorite. So awesome. And, you know, if you help, uh, if you help someone's son or daughter, they kind of, they want to tell people about it. So, yes. you know, that we just focus on a lot of those things that yeah. are, are just the little touches and little details. Um, mm. And of course, providing real expertise in the admissions process. So at, through that, you know, we, we, we grew it to a place where, you know, I, I could not scale it myself. I, I, yeah. my days were, were full. I was, I was enjoying it, <laughs> but I just knew if I was going to take this to the next level, I needed to be able to expand it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I was getting, so again, this, this iteration process comes in play here. So I, at the same time, I had a former colleague of mine who I worked with at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. who was also trying to start his own business. Um, and he had you know, reached out to me and said, would you mind kind of uh, coach me a little bit? Just give me some advice. I said, well, you know, actually, what, do we do? what if we did this? Let's say, what if... What if you, and I literally use the word guinea pig, like what if you, what if we prototyped a program for you where you basically come under our umbrella, you can use all of our resources, we'll handle all of your backend. So all the marketing, all of the invoicing, all the businessy backend stuff. Because that's what he was asking about. He's like, I know how to work with students. Like I, he had already been doing some college coaching. He had done that at a really high level, but just did not know how to grow and, and own a business. And yes. I knew how to do that. And so yeah. I was like, cool, well, what if I did that for you? We'll do a revenue share. Yeah. But you operate under our umbrella, you get all of our stuff. And he's like, that's perfect. And so we we did that. Nice. And so uh, Chris joined our, our business. Um, he wow. is a huge part of our business now. He now is my business manager. So he runs a lot of our business. That's awesome. Um, but we, we realized that there was actually a market for you know being able to, we, people who worked like I did, in college admissions who mm-hmm. wanted to move into having their own business. They didn't want to, yeah. they didn't want to work for another company where they didn't get to pick their clients. They didn't get a chance to pick out, you know, how they worked with them. Uh, and so we basically offered up an opportunity to come and do that yeah. uh, where we basically run the back end of their business and they, we teach them. So they work, wow. all of them work with Jason to learn how to, to, to sort of, establish their authority in their in their, uh, in their environment so are they their own business owner do they have their own business or they kind of um operate kind of like they're they work for your company they are independent yeah they own okay. their own business and we're, we wow. we we established the uh the legal arrangement so that if they ever decided that they wanted to take those clients and move wow. away that we that we were okay with that That's and incredible. my lawyer at the time was like you are you really sure you want to do this? Like, this is not usually how businesses run. They usually want to lock it all down and make it to where you can't leave. And then there's this, I said, no, because again, the whole point is I, I wanted, you know, we, we focus a lot on this idea of health and yeah. helping students deal better with the challenge of the process and this yes. health-based process. I wanted more students to experience it. So yes. I that's my real goal with bringing these folks on is that they wow. expand that a process to expand that that method and so yes i see that as you know if if what i have then done is help launch this business mm-hmm. um 
uh, who then kind of carries on using our approach and method. That's, that's incredible. Great. That's a that win. is so cool. Can you tell me a little bit more about the logistics of that? So, like, is it yeah. um, le- you have your own company, your own LLC, yep. C Corp, S Corp, whatever it is. And so, that's if correct. I want, if I was that guy, I'd have my yeah. own LLC. That's correct. And then, so if I work with a student and they pay me, um, let's say they just use easy numbers, they give me a thousand dollars. How much? I know it can be set. It's it could be set up however you want to set it up. But what That's would right. be normal in that arrangement? How much then would I just then pay you because you're handling this all this back end stuff for me, my website and all of that? I would pay you maybe two hundred bucks out of that a thousand. Or yeah, it, it can it can range. It, it depends on how that client came in. If it if that client came in to through me, um, then I keep a greater percentage. If it, sure. if it came in from the person, uh, then yeah. they then they would keep it. And that and that could range anywhere between thirty to forty percent. It depends yeah. on on what that is. And so yeah, you know, good. it could be a situation where someone is keeping seventy percent. Uh, of the revenue they're bringing it in, and that's how you know, that's our percentage because yeah. of the, all the stuff that we're paying okay. for. But yeah, yeah, it depends on on all of that, and it depends on how long they've been with us in the company. We try to keep it simple, yeah. but it, it's built around the idea of like we're trying to teach you how to grow your own business. We'll yeah. help you by yeah. referring clients to you, but we're going to keep a greater percentage of that because yes. we can certainly keep that client. Yeah, um, but we want to be able to help share to so get their name out there. And yeah, so yeah, that's how. That's so how when you talk about to another client. About that, your about those those types of arrangements are those your partners, affiliates? Yeah. What do you call them? Yeah, there there are partners. There um, they are. Uh, you know, they're 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 associate consultants. They're just consultants it. within our business. You know, they're they're yeah. independent. They, in many cases, in some cases, they're they're um, you know sole proprietors. In other cases, they have their okay. own business that they're going to grow and and eventually potentially you know, move, okay. move into in their own independent space. Is there any? So this is fascinating that we're having this conversation because we're dealing with something kind of like this right now with yeah. our virtual yeah. assistant business. So my questions are probably only maybe helpful to me. Um, sorry, audience, <laughs> but um, like. It, when if I'm a prospective client, let's pretend my son who is six is now 16 and I come to you and you decide to essentially hand me off to that guy. Do, do you say, does he have his own company name or is it also under your name? Yeah, it's under it's under our name. So okay, perfect. So the, there's no confusion yeah. as far yeah. as like I'm yeah, yeah. still in my mind. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still working with your company, but behind the scenes, it's separate. Is that kind of more correct? That's right. So we actually benchmarked this, or it came to this idea uh, from a realtor model. Okay. So think about the real a realtor is an independent agent, yep. but operates underneath an umbrella that has administrative support. Yeah. But it's all under the same name, right? So everybody kind of knows. Okay, that's 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 Caldwell and or, or Remax, but it's this person that's underneath. That's awesome. So that's that's essentially how it works. Yeah. It. The so idea it's actually, it's, yeah. this is where business ideas like come from the weirdest places. Uh-huh. Again, I was I was we were having great success, but I was I was sort of feeling it in terms of like how much it was going to take to actually be able to take it to that next level. Yeah. And we were at a wedding and this, uh, I came across this guy, uh, you know, struck up a conversation is at the table and he's like, I said, you know, what do you do? So what you normally kind of ask. And he goes, well, I used to be a dentist, but now I help dentists own buildings. And I'm like, what an amazing, like, you know, that's going to get people to ask about it. I'm like, well, tell me about that. And he goes, well, yes. 
and you're a dentist, um, if you do, if you're successful, eventually you develop enough capital where you can buy your building and yes. you can, and then, then rent out the other parts of the building. Yeah. It says, but I, I meet so many dentists that just, they're great dentists, but they're not great business people. And they don't really know how to do all of that. Yeah. And so I help them do that. And then I get a percent of that building and the percent yes. of that business. I'm like, that's Gee, that's it. That's what I got to do. I got to help people build their businesses and I can, I'll help them with the things they either don't feel comfortable doing or don't want to do in some cases, but I can help them grow while also sharing with them what we've learned about, you know, uh, helping students manage stress through the college admissions process. That's so so cool. How many people do you have under that type of arrangement? Three people right now looking wow. to grow it to five by the end of the year. And then we'll see yeah. where it kind of goes from I mean, there. Honestly, I it's, you know? it's unlimited, yeah. right? It's like, it is because you're not taking unlimited. on employees. Like, you know, you, these are some essentially they're like commission only sales reps for you. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's incredible. Wow. So who are the yeah. types of people that, cause there might be people thinking here, yeah. I nice. love working with teenagers. So who are the type of people that you're looking for, for that type of uh, yeah. opportunity? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, you need to have experience in the admissions process. I mean, it's c- clearly understanding how admissions works uh, is, is a key requisite thing. Sure. I mean, well, I, I know of, I've heard of, of, of people who, you know, they said, well, you know, I, I I had my kids go through the admissions process, so I understand it. I, I don't know if I really buy all that. It'd be like <laughs> me saying I I, yeah. I know how to be a mortgage broker because I bought a house. Like I, I like I don't really get that. Not right. Not not to say anything about that kind of person doing that. We want people to have real real actual experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, people who are, are hungry and wanting to grow wanting to grow their own thing. Right. I mean, yeah. you could people so, who have that background and experience are highly valuable. They could absolutely go and work for a company where they're going to be an employee. And yeah. you know, I think the, the downsides of that is you don't get to pick who you work with. Right. You don't get to pick the method. You don't get to pick a lot of things, and you don't own it. If you walk away, yeah. you're just an employee. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, so people, you kind of have to have that hunger and want to build something that's yours. And yeah, yeah that that would be the profile. That's awesome. So if I'm an if I'm an admissions counselor in a school school right now, could I do this as a side yeah. business? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can. It just depends on it depends on their their school. Some schools yeah. have uh you know call, call that a, a no-no that you know but you know sure. we we have sometimes we have a, a a person who's doing that and they've made perfectly fine arrangements so yeah it's totally fine that'd we be, also have that'd be fascinating uh, right an individual who go ahead sorry yeah. i was gonna say that'd be fascinating yeah. if i'm working for an admissions counselor if i'm working for a college right now and i'm a counselor and the college would be okay with me actually adding value to these prospective families and saying, Hey, you know what, by, yeah. by the way, on the side, I do yeah. this, I'd be happy to coach you. And maybe the college gets a piece of that. Yeah. It, it typically. And again, maybe this is just how college admissions might be a little bit behind, but you know, I, I still, I, I, I think a lot of them would see that as a conflict. So they probably wouldn't right. want that. Um, yeah. You know, they, okay. they don't want it to appear like some applicants are getting more of an advantage. Uh, but in many of these cases, the students aren't, there's so many colleges, man, there's, there's 4,500 four-year colleges in the wow. United States. So like, you know, there's, there's so many different places that kids can look and yeah. so many different options. And so, you know, we help them sift through all of that, but yeah, you know, this, this being kind of a side business that grows into a full-time business. Absolutely. That's what a lot of our, our folks do. Mm. Yeah. Man, Tom, this is so fascinating. I would love to have you back on. Just talk about, I feel like you got so much to share and like, 
I thought we were going to be talking about, you know, just your business of getting kids into college, but like you have <laughs> like a, in my opinion, if you ever decide to quit what you're doing now, like you have the whole, I, I feel like so many business owners could learn from your process of how to, how to test things small, try things in a, in a way to, I, I love this agile development term um, to help them be that. And then how to help them scale. This model is so fascinating of like, you don't need to, if you're entrepreneurial, you probably don't want to work for me by myself. Let me help you build your business. It's that abundance mindset of like, yeah, plenty of customers out there that there's no way that me personally could get all of those families to be under my, for me personally. So let's bring on people who are hungry that want to help them. And I can, I can help them build a business and we can serve more people at the same time. And you grow your business in the process. It's brilliant. Thank you. No, I, it's, it's been quite a journey. We're still, we're still learning. I think that's kind of the, the main thing here is that we we continue to ask questions continue to challenge what our assumptions are what we thought we'd find when we got there maybe maybe we don't and and so that's yeah it's to me this is uh you know as long as we're we're continuing to stay true to you know the people that that we serve which are these Mm -hmm. young people who are just amazing amazing young people who in many cases are just really afraid of their future, right? They're afraid of what's going to happen in the future. And we can help them know that there's a ton of really good news. There's all these amazing colleges where you can find your path and uh, you just, with a little extra help, you know, you can go about being confident, not just in this process, but in all the things that sort of look like the admissions Mm -hmm. process moving forward. That's the thing we try to teach these young people. Like the world has sort of decided that intern jobs, even just leadership experiences and community organizations. Like we've all sort of decided that an application process is how it all goes. You, mm-hmm. you share your interests and your passions and your goals with strangers, and then they get to decide what happens. So you can actually get good at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can advocate and tell your story in that process. That's when life yes. gets really interesting. And we try to help students know that this is not a big old judgment at the end of high school it's just yeah. another step along that path yeah. and um and man that's fun that's a lot of fun when it really does hit that's work. so cool where do you want people to go online to find you absolutely so our website is uh, drtom.com uh, and that's all spelled out doctor d-o-c-t-o-r tom it's spelled with an h-t-h-o-m dot com and uh, you can find all the information you need right there in terms of all the work that we do, as well as how to schedule time with, uh, with me. Uh, if you go out there and you're, you're, you say you're a parent and you have a, a, a high school student, so we start working with students as early as freshman and sophomore year. Junior year is usually a good time for people to start working with us as well. Um, if you want to work with us, you can do that there. If you go and schedule it, you'll see my my face uh, there and we'll, awesome. we'll chat about your student and see kind of what uh, we do and what what kind of help you need. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I I enjoyed it. If nobody else did, I enjoyed it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Love love the work that you do. And uh, really thank you so much for being on. Awesome. Thank you, sir. You got it, man. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.